Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm your host, Ted Flint, on the weekend edition on the BMG Network. And we are at the end of April, the opening month of the Major League Baseball season, the boys of summer are in full swing, and I don't know how the Yankees are doing. I think the Yankees are have won more games than they've lost. But I want to spend a few minutes talking not about politics for once, but about baseball, about sports in general. We'll focus on baseball and basketball, two sports I love dearly, less so than I than I used to. As I, as I get older, I see how the games have changed, and the idea is still the same in each game. I mean, baseball, you play nine innings, and, uh, you know, there are pitchers, catchers, and se- seven other positions on the field. But the, the game is is changing rapidly. And the reason they're making all these changes in the major leagues is to make the games shorter. Uh, the games are going on too long, three and a half, four hours. And I guess, and today people just don't have the, the patience to sit through a three and a half or four hour game. The TV uh, networks are having issues. Uh, maybe they're getting complaints. So they're trying to speed up the game. Now, baseball is not a game. I don't think it's a game you can you can speed up. I mean, that's part of the allure of baseball. You go out on a Saturday afternoon with your kid, and you you, you spend a few hours at a ball game. And, and to my way of thinking, the, the longer the game goes, uh, the more you get for your money. You're getting your money's worth if they go in three and a half and four hours. And they have all these new rules to speed up the game. Like I guess you have 30 seconds between pitches. Like you have a time clock, like you do in basketball. You have a 24 second shot clock. You have to take the shot within 24 seconds. Well, in the pros, that's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's up and down, up and down. There's, you know, one team scores, the other team goes up the other end of the floor and they score. And and it's kind of, it, it, for me, it becomes a monotonous after a while. And every team in the, and I'm kind of switching here to basketball for a second. All these NBA teams, they all play the same game. Uh, nope, there's no longer a guy, a big guy in the middle, your center, two forwards down below and two guards in the backcourt. I mean, everybody now just runs around and they shoot threes, even the, even the centers. You have seven footers out there on the perimeter taking three-point shots. And every team plays the same game. And it's boring to me. I mean, I used to love the Celtics of the 80s, 1980s and those teams with Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish. I mean, the, the interior passing was unbelievable. These guys were all 6'9", 6'10", 7", Parrish was 7 foot. They could pass the ball at close range. They were so skilled. Anyway, back to baseball. I was reading a piece here by Phil Mushnick. He writes for the New York Post. And a friend of mine with whom I work at the legislature, he and I are the same age, same backgrounds. Uh, we both love baseball. He loves the Red Sox, and I love the Yankees. So we, we have our, our differences there, but we, we, we share a lot of the same stories. And, the, and we, we're both, we sound like old men. And uh, we are, you know, and we, we, we've seen how, how life has changed for us as we, we've grown older, but especially baseball, a game we both love, because it's a thinking man sport. Now, I'm not saying I'm a thinking man, but thinking men, thinking men love baseball. There are certain rules of baseball. There are certain uh, skills. There's a skill set that one needs to have. And you don't need to be 6'6 six, six and 320 pounds as you do in football. Or in basketball, you don't need to be six, eight, or seven feet. A regular-sized guy like myself and the, my my coworker, we can play baseball. Guys in the major leagues are well, they're, they're getting bigger now because everybody's in the weightlifting. And as we found out a few years ago, people are taking steroids. But baseball is generally a sport in which the average guy can excel. So Mushnick is talking about a game he saw July fourth, nineteen eighty-five. He said back when people still cared about baseball, the Mets beat the Braves 16 to 13. 
That was probably the last time the Mets beat the Braves. But it was a 19-inning game, and he, he called it a mind-blower. The Rick Camp game. Now, Rick Camp was a pitcher. In those days, pitchers hit for themselves. There was no such thing as a designated hitter. And Camp was a lifetime 0.74 hitter. So he was a horrible hitter. Most pitchers cannot hit because they don't spend time in the batting cage. They don't hit. They they focus on their on their pitching. Anyway, before and Mushnick says, before I fell asleep in my chair, I was crazy glued to the TV set. When he awoke, he was dozing off. He got up at 2.30 in the morning. The game, the game was still on and far from over. Keith Hernandez, former Met, Hit for the cycle. That means he hit a single, double, triple, and a home run. Manager Davey Johnson, Met manager Davey Johnson, was ejected. The Mets scored two in the top of the 13th. The Braves scored two in the bottom of the 13th. Each scored a run in the 18th inning. The Braves coming on the lone career homer by the pitcher I was mentioning, Rick Camp, a career 0-74 hitter. So they tied the game at 11-all. The Mets scored five in the 19th, but it still wasn't over. The Braves scored two in the bottom of the 19th before Ron Darling got the final out for the Mets. So one of the Braves announcers at that time was John Sterling, who's now, I guess, 82, 83 years old. John Sterling is the voice of the New York Yankees. If you listen to the Yankees on the radio, you know who John Sterling is. He is a very very colorful announcer. So anyway, there was a 90-minute rain delay at the beginning of the game, and it ended close to 4 a.m., Yet the Braves followed through on their fireworks display to celebrate the 5th of July. A big fireworks display. They didn't call it like they would today. They would call the game on account of, who knows, you know, darkness or whatever. It's too late. People have to get up in the morning. Whatever it is. They, they would never go through with a 19-inning game or an eight, whatever it was, 19 innings. Everything today is, is geared for speed. You know, having a, a time clock between pitches. I, there was a, uh, I think it was a Dodger game. The reliever came in, but he took too long to walk in from the bullpen. And he got to the mound. He took three warm-up pitches. And the, and the umpire, home plate umpire, steps in front of the plate and said, that's it. You're, you're done. Three pitches he got to warm up. And he was livid. And the, the, the manager had to come out and calm him down. I mean, he was, he was a Spanish, Spanish guy. I can't think of his name. But he wasn't having any of it. But that's part of the new rules. He got 30 seconds. If you, you know, if you, if you take your time... Getting to the mound, you're going to have that less less time to, to warm up. Anyway, so nowadays, if a pitcher, a starting pitcher, gets up around 80 or 90 pitches, the managers start uh, looking to the bullpen. They want to bring in the middle relievers. Everybody has a, a designated job to do. Everybody's a specialist. You have starters going five or six innings, middle relievers, and then your closer. Usually a closer goes one inning, two innings tops. The Yankees' closer is uh, uh, Chapman. He's been their closer for five, six, seven years, however long it's been. He throws fire. I mean, he used to throw over 100 miles an hour. Now he's up, always in the upper 90s. But he he pitches only two innings. If he has to go a third inning in relief, they go into extra innings. That third inning, he's a lot less effective. I remember back in the 60s, there was a guy by the name of Mickey Lolich, pitched for the Detroit Tigers. Short, kind of a stocky guy, big stomach. We used to call him old rubber arm Lolich. I mean, he would pitch one inning, I rem- one uh, one game in particular, he pitched 15 innings and he beat the Yankees, naturally. The Tigers were good in those days, but he, there was nobody counting pitches. He must have thrown 200 pitches that night. Nobody was counting how many pitches Mickey Lolich threw because he had a rubber arm. He could pitch forever. Nowadays, guys, you know, get, like I said, 80, 90 pitches, these starters, are, the, the managers get nervous. 
But back to this game here, back, oh, I don't know, in 1985, I think it was, this Met-Astro game that uh, Mushnick mentions in his column, recent column, he said that was baseball. There was no replay, there were no replay challenges, no DH, no analytics, no quitting. Baseball in its glorious, natural, and semi-memorable state. Those days are over. Now everything is, uh, uh, you know, the fundamentals are out the window. There's a devotion to, to this computer-delivered scientific applications to the unscientific, as Mushnick put it. And uh, and there, it's it's got a rule now that all extra inning games have to begin with an artificial additive. This it's it's a gimmick, in the form of a designated runner at second. Can you believe this? The ghost protocol, or the ghost runners. They put a ghost runner on second. It's like what we used to do as a kid. When we were kids, we'd play baseball, wiffle ball. You know, fake man on first, fake man on second. If you only had a few kids playing, you didn't have enough people to put on the bases. You say, there's a fake man on first. They got a ghost runner on second. That's how they start the extra inning games. It's crazy. You know, but that's that's the way things are today. People are have less patience. They want immediate gratification. They don't want to sit for three and a half or four hours and watch a baseball game. People can't watch it on television. You know, most people. That's why basketball is popular because it's it's instant gratification for the viewer. The, the players, it's up and down the court. There's always action. There's always movement. There's always a slam dunk. People love slam dunks. That's all the, the kids love slam dunk. I mean, you know, I, I did myself when I was young. My son, I got a 13-year-old son. He thinks it's, it's wonderful to watch these guys jam a, a basketball through the rim. I mean, most of these guys now are close to seven foot. The, the rims are still 10 feet. They need to raise the rims at least a foot. You have guys 6'2 now just just jamming the ball. They, their vertical jumps are, are you know off the chart. But basketball for me is not as entertaining as it was back when I watched it in the 70s and 80s. And even the 60s. I remember some of those Philadelphia 76er teams with Archie Clark and uh, Hal Greer Wally Jones and Wilt Chamberlain played for the old Philadelphia Warriors back back in the 60s. They knew the fundamentals of the game. But I think those days are over. Now it's, you know, run and gun. It's like you it's like a playground game. Like we used to do, you know, play as kids. Uh, on uh, in 7th and 8th period, we just run and gun. There was no really running plays or any rhyme or reason to it. We just it was fun. It's fun to watch, I guess. The kids have a good time watching it, but I like to watch teams run plays. And I like to watch Players who are able to crisply pass a ball, you know, to thread the needle in traffic. I mean, there's something about, for me, there's something entertaining about that. But, you know, baseball is not what it was. I remember watching uh, the ball games with my my grandfather, my mother's father, and he was a very quiet, quiet man. He wouldn't say anything. He'd go, he'd watch three, four innings and would go, ooh, ooh. You know, if somebody made a good play, that was it. He'd smoke his pipe and he wouldn't say anything for like a half an hour. And I'm like 10 years old. I'm thinking, oh, all right, Grandpa, what do you think of this play? He didn't He didn't comment a lot, but he, he would smoke his pipe and watch a game and listen to the games on the radio in those days, which I still like doing with John Sterling. As I mentioned, he's the Yankee, uh, the voice of the Yankees on the radio. It's fun for me to, to go out on a summer night and go out on the porch and listen to a Yankee game, preferably the Yankees beating the Red Sox. But, but you know, times change, you know, things change Sports change. I mean, sports, I guess, are kind of a reflection of uh, life, as the old saying goes. That's the old adage. You know, and uh, nothing stays the same, and I guess that's good some of the time. Sometimes it's not good. In this case, when it comes to sports, I just wish baseball were, you know, pre-designated hitter days when the pitchers had to bat for themselves, when uh, there was no instant replay. That's what really drags the games out. 
to these ridiculous lengths. Everybody, every play is disputed. You have uh, uh, instant replay and all this other stuff. It's just, it's kind. Of, it's for me, it's kind of wrecked the game. I'm kind of a purist when it comes to baseball and basketball, for that matter. I wish we had more time. I can't believe we we're done. We're we're done here. The special weekend edition of the uh, the Pac Man podcast took a break from the politics because the politics politics never changes. The names change every few years, but it's the same idiotic policies and the same uh, government overreach, no matter which po- uh, party is in power. That's why I miss Trump, because Trump was, uh, he was refreshing. He was different. And, uh, and he made things clear. You know, I think he opened the door to a lot of things. I think, I think he pulled back the curtain to a lot of shenanigans that have been going on for decades in this country. And that's why the, the establishment and, the, and the, uh, the political elite hate him, because he's, he's shown Americans what these people are up to. And it's not good, frankly, as we're seeing with the Bidens in the Ukraine and China. Uh, there's a lot of dirty business going on in government, and I think Trump shown the light on that, and I think he'll do it again when he's reelected in 2024, I hope. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. Hey, if you want to check out our fine... Uh, list of programs. We have a really, really fine bunch of podcasters. We have uh, Ken Burns, whose show airs Monday nights or Mondays. Uh, I think uh, Adrian Ross has taken a little hiatus, but she does her show and that airs normally on Tuesday. You can listen to the best of Adrian Ross for a few weeks. This show, the Pac-Man show, airs Wednesdays. And whenever I do a weekend show like this one, uh, we have a new program called In the Word. And you can listen to that. And there's, and my, my daughter, who is, I, and I've called her a rock star on, on Facebook, and she really is an incredibly gifted young lady. And, and it's not because she's my daughter. Well, it is, partly. Uh, Madeline Flint. And she does a program called The Essentials with Maddie Flint, which airs on Fridays. And it, just listen to her. She did a, a program this week on immunity and different kinds of immunity that our bodies have and each one of us have. It was really interesting because I'm not really a... A science guy or a biology. I took biology, I think, one year in high school. But my daughter is a pre-med and she knows quite a bit about it and she shares her information. And the way in which she delivers it is is fabulous. I mean, she's a pro and she's done this for only a few weeks. So listen to her. The Essentials with Maddie Flint. And we have a, a number of columns up on the BMG network for you to listen to, the PAC perspective. My latest is a column I've written about Joe Biden's energy crisis. It's something that was totally created by Biden and the Democrats in Washington. That's up on the PAC perspective. Read that. Uh, let us know what you think. Leave us a, a comment in the comment section so you can review the show. Let us know what we're what we're doing. If you like what we're doing, let us know. If you don't like what we're doing, let, let us know as well because we need to improve the product. Hit like, hit share, and please hit subscribe. That's about going to wrap things up. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. Tell your friends about it. This is the Pac-Man Podcast. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. And again, thanks for tuning us in. We'll talk to you real soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Thank you.